Coming at you live from the heart of Lincoln, America, this is the Don't Punt Hour with former Nebraska receiver. Throwing over the middle, completes the pass. He's got speed to the end zone. Touchdown. 45 yards. And return specialist. This time he beats the kicker in one more. DeMornay Pearson out. Only does the sideline have confidence in Pearson out, but Pearson has confidence in Pearson On 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. All right, welcome back into Ticket Weeknights. I'm Harrison Arns back here at the 1040 Ticket Studios on what is a not-so-chilly Monday night. It's getting a little bit warmer here. School is back in session here at UNL. And of course, we had some NFL playoffs over the weekend. And we got the morning Pearson L, the host as always, on the Don't Punt Hour streaming in. And if you guys ever want to join the show, use the Sarder Heyman text line. That's 402-464-5685. As well as we're streaming on Facebook, YouTube, Twitch, Twitter, and Allo Channel 961. Always a great way to put a face to the voice. But nonetheless, the morning Pearson L, how's it going? It's going good. It's not, you know, I'm Happy it's not snowing, it's not too cold, so it's a good day for me. Yeah, it's a great day for everyone. I can see the roads again, DeMorne Pearsonell. It's not just ice and slush and uh, a nightmare out there. So, again, especially anyone out there who didn't have four-wheel drive, it's it's at least drivable now and you can get from point A to point B. It, w- it was a little bit of a nightmare, not just for Nebraska, but quite a bit of the Midwest there for a little bit. But let's go ahead, and I do want to talk about Nebraska basketball, but I want to start with these playoffs. We can't avoid these NFL playoffs We'll start with the Buccaneers and Lions, and then, of course, we'll get to the the Bills. Another sad day for the Bills, but we'll start with Buccaneers and Lions. The Lions win that one, 31-23. Baker Mania comes to an end. Um, a little bit interesting decision at the end there from the head coach on not trying to call a timeout and force them to give you the ball back, but we'll dive into that one as well. Initial thoughts, Lions take that one away. They win it at home, 31-23 to to San Tampa Bay home. Uh, it was a good game, uh, you know. Other than the turn, the turnovers. Um, I mean, Baker played played enough. He played well enough, you know, to to win. Uh, I think he'll probably get a contract extension, you know. Uh, I think so too. Around you know March, April, once you know the uh, new new league year starts, um, I feel like he's earned that. Um, they, they just had to play a better game. Um, you know, they they just weren't victorious that game. But I mean, you know, I wasn't. You know, mad other than, you know, the Baltimore game. I mean, all these playoff games are really, really close. They were really good games. Um, but, you know, you hate to see it like that. But, I mean, you know, at the end of the day, happy to see that, you know, Detroit has something to cheer about. <laughs> uh, and they, they got a they got a rough one coming next week. So, you know, <laughs> best wishes to them. Yeah, and that's one thing. When we talk about the, the Lions, in particular, Jared Goff, his name – comes up a lot in these rare conversations that typically put him up with some of the other best NFL quarterbacks we've seen along the likes of Tom Brady. Jared Goff, is his this game just underrated? Do you think we don't talk about Jared Goff enough? When we talk about all these other quarterbacks, we talk about how excited we are for Justin Herbert, but let's be honest, Jared Goff's career, is it's just been better. It's been more consistent. It's been better, and we never seem to talk about him compared to a lot of the other guys. Um, I think it's right where it needs to be at. Um, he's, he's done a lot. He's been in the league for a while. He's, yeah. he's, you know, he's been to a Super Bowl. He's won conferences. Um, I'm happy with his game, but I'm not, he's not, I don't feel like he, we should be talking about him a lot more. 
mm-hmm. uh, it's, it's different if you know you the one back to back or multiple, you know, um, you know, division championships or, you know, had multiple Super Bowl appearances and everything like that. I'm not saying he's playing mediocre. I'm not saying he's playing average. Um, but I think he's at exactly where he should be at with stuff with being talked about and everything like that. I don't think he deserves, you know, a whole lot more credit. Um, he was about two, three more minutes of of choking and giving up the uh, the game, but not this playoff yeah. game, the game, the, the game who they played before. I think was it the Cowboys? Say that one more time. I said uh, the the game prior, before they played this playoff game, he was about you know two three minutes away from mm-hmm. from losing it look for from the yeah Lions to the Rams the yeah so um he's not too far over the top I think he's exactly where you think he should be yeah he's just one of those weirdly consistent quarterbacks I think it's because it's the whatever you want to call it the Cam Newton argument game manager I think that's a, a skill in itself he doesn't ever seem to put more on his hands than he needs to um and like you said he he hasn't been absolutely perfect that Rams game if that goes south we might be talking about him in a completely different light different way yeah exactly so with that being said though um, I was not overly surprised to see the Buccaneers drop it I did pick them to win it but again no surprise there Baker Manfield he does fall short I think he'll get the extension but yeah 349 yards 26 for 41 the two interceptions the late one obviously you throw that one kind of out the window Jared Goff 30 for 43 287 yards two touchdown so again just a clean game um from jared goff so now looking forward here let's just go ahead and talk about it unless you got you got anything else to add here to this lions or tampa bay buccaneers game or was it pretty much what you expected uh it's pretty much what i was expected i, I expected the lions to win I, I don't i don't think that tampa bay had had enough firepower on the offensive side to really keep up honestly okay then just real quick todd bulls his decision at the end there uh they had an opportunity to force the game uh, to try to go ahead and get the ball back and maybe throw it to Mike Evans, Trey Palmer deep and try to get a touchdown and a two-point conversion to try to send it into OT. Mm-hmm. I get where Todd Bowles is coming from on what he thought, but I still think in a playoff situation, I've seen crazier things happen. I thought it was thought it was crazy not to be aware of that situation. In my head, I don't think they were aware. I think that's what they said in the press conference to kind of save themselves. I thought that was a blatant mistake. Um... First time in that position, uh, I can't say I don't know what he was thinking. He might he might have been you know thinking what he was, and he thought that was the best option. Um, but you live and learn from those situations. Mm-hmm. Um, they have a good enough team to where you know I think they'll be back. Uh, hopefully with a better record next year. Um, but I mean they're 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 a solid team. So I mean you, you learn from your mistakes. Um, of course, it's easier easier for us to say, "Oh yeah, you shoulda, you shoulda," but uh, in those type of situations and everything like that, you go with what you think is best uh, for your team in that moment. And he, you know, had other thoughts of things and whatnot. So I mean, it it, it is what it is. It, it, if it would have turned out differently and everything like that, that would have been a key point to where you're doing like, "Well, see, it's calls like that for that, or it's you know, situations like that." To where you know not everybody think that they can make that and everything like that so it's kind of devil advocate you know with that situation but i mean he thought that was best uh in that moment in time and i mean it just it didn't turn out that way yep and you know to be fair it would have been a long shot to go ahead and try to force that thing in the ot and i i still disagree with the decision but uh, i mean he's a great head coach i'm not by no means would i ever not want to be coached by that guy that's a team that had over 70 million dollars in dead cap space 
That is no business being in the playoffs. Over $70 million in dead cap space. Um, and not only do they find a way to get to the playoffs, they knock off the Eagles and only give them nine points. And I think next year, they'll still be in a little bit of dead cap space. Hell, I, I think they still got one more year paying off Brady. So again, I think they'll be over $40 million in dead cap space next year. So they got some cap management problems as well. So to make it to the playoffs with that record, with the, the salary cap problems, is still a solid They got job. pieces. They, they got pieces. Like I said, I mm. mean, that division isn't that strong itself. So, I mean, they won 10 games, nine games before, you know, the end of regulation. Uh, so, I mean, they, they, they got pieces there. So they'll, they'll be fine. You know, they'll draft and add and maybe sign, you know, a couple more, you know, solid free agents, depending on how stuff shakes out. But they still have a core team that can compete for a playoff win. Yep. And I expect that to continue. I think as far as the NFC South goes, I'm, it's looking like Buccaneers heavy for these next years. I don't. I don't see a whole lot of teams. I, w- I wouldn't say that. If John Gruden gets the offensive coordinator job with the Saints, look out. Saints just seem like a team that I'm I they, they kind of lost their if magic. If John Gruden gets down there and gets back with Derek Carr, look out for the Saints. I'll be more worried if Bill Belichick makes his way down to the Falcons. We'll have this conversation then, at a later time then, and see, because I'm telling you, it's it's different. That'd be fun. You see Gruden and Belichick all make their way down to the NFC South. That would, for oh once, be a division you really start talking about, about what the so hell you, is going to go on. You start paying attention to mm-hmm. it. It's, it's, it's a lot going on. You know, if they get a, a good coach in, uh, you know, with the Falcons, um, the Falcons have a lot of talent. Like, don't don't get it mistaken. They, they have a lot of talent. They have an upside to things and they get, you know, a Vrabel or a, a Belichick down there. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Young, young roster too. So yeah. th- there's options there. Uh, and you got For some sure. guys where you can decide what to do with their contracts. So definitely exactly. a team to go ahead and watch for all the NFC South as a whole, as we continue to go through this uh, for some of these teams, this off season, will be curious to see what all ends up happening there, but let's go ahead and move on to what was the, the most looked forward to game. I think all, all throughout the NFL. You get, once again, an NFL divisional round. It looks like it's all there for the Bills. They're at home. Josh Allen, they're playing great the first half. The physicality is great. They're running the ball well with Cook. And it looks like the Chiefs are just getting out-muscled. And second half comes around. The Chiefs, all of a sudden, don't look like they're getting pushed around as much anymore. Despite losing the time of possession, the Chiefs find a way to pull it out. 27-24. to Wide right's going to haunt the Bills fans for quite a while. You go from the 90s to 2024, wide right's still a thing. So, I mean, just quick thoughts, and we'll dive more into it here. Might have to bleed into the next segment. But Bills, Chiefs, Bills, once again, can't that, get it done. That I, that was probably, you know, the, the, uh, yeah, between that and the 49ers game, uh, that was a shootout. Neither team could really, you know, stop each other again. Mm-hmm. Uh, it came down to, you know, a possession again. Um, I know Josh Allen, I think threw a post late, yeah. Um, on that series, I think, I think it was a third down or something, uh, before that field goal attempt, he threw that post. Um, and if you go back and look, uh, I was screaming at the TV to throw it to Diggs on the shallow because he had maybe 10 to 12 yards, he could have got the first down and more. Mm-hmm. Uh, throw the safe, throw the safe throw take more clock off the time, leave less time for, you know, Mahomes to really do something with it. Um, but him not, you know, making that pass and making that throw pro- like that hurt. Um, they were moving the ball well. 
Um, they he literally I, I get you know you're going you know for the touchdown and everything like that, but you left too much time on the clock for Mahomes. So why not you know take the take the shallow, give what the defense giving you, keep moving the ball, hike the ball, and you know eat more clock. Um, him missing that field goal, it's not necessarily on. It's on the kicker, but it's not on the kicker. I thought the win really shoved that thing by looking for at sure. it. I like you. You can you can blame the kicker, but it, they they had you know forty miles per hour win or wh- whatever it was, um, and I believe he was kicking into the win. Mm-hmm. That's even harder. Um, it shouldn't have came down to that to to a field goal for that. Um, they got everything that they wanted against them. Uh, and like I said, I, to me, it came down to the play before where you go for the touchdown instead of, you know, eating more clock and just passing it to Diggs and, uh, you know, keeping Mahomes off the field even more. Um, even if you score that touchdown, you still leave two minutes or a minute and some change for Mahomes to go down and score and you go to overtime. Like that, that you don't want that situation. So um, that 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 was a that was a rough game. They, the the Bills got everything that they wanted, and it just it's sad to see that it didn't go their way. Yeah, that's where I'm at. I, I think the Bills. This was the best shot. It felt like you had at the Chiefs. You get them at home early on. It looks like Mahomes. He did play well towards the end, but early in the game, you could tell he was tight. Missed quite a few throws. He had two touchdown throws. Uh, that the guys were open, but just overthrown on both of them, and they they settled for a field goal. You look at the Bills, they do well kind of early on, but then you start counting up the dropped passes, just literal touchdowns in their hands. That's where it really, really was like, man, this is a nightmare game for the Bills because I still think they easily could win that game if they just have some of those big plays. Gabe Davis, it was a tough catch. He had one in his hands. Uh, You know, Diggs had it wide open one right through his hands on a touchdown. There's so many throws where it could have been a touchdown and that can really swing the game. When you're playing the Kansas City Chiefs, you can't afford to miss out on those explosive plays. And sure. when we talk about, you know, you want to give the ball back to Mahomes, I do wonder if that hurts teams' offenses a little bit when they almost think too much. Because they had the ball with about 8 minutes, 30 seconds left on that drive that led to the missed field goal. And it did kind of feel like they were a little unsure of how can we stretch this thing out? Um, can we kind of try to get into the red zone and chip away at first downs? It slows the whole game flow down. And it just felt like it gave the Chiefs a chance to catch their breath settle down i i don't know i don't like that whole clock game like that they were doing that the the whole game though you know they were throwing quick short routes you know they were running it however they wanted to and it was working you Mm -hmm. know even 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 in the second half it wasn't you know hitting as much as it was but they were still staying in rhythm they were still you know um on play when, when they got in second and long third and long you know they would do something and they would still get it or josh would take off that fumble that he had late, oh, um, I should have known. I should have known when when that happened, it was it wasn't for Josh. I, I thought everything was gonna go right. Um, I, I get you know you're a runner and everything like that, but you got the first down and everything like that. You don't need to take any more unnecessary hits. Just go down, keep the clock running, keep Mahomes off the field. Mm-hmm. Um, they shot themselves in the foot. Um. I, I'm not so so much sure that I'm that I'm putting it on Josh. Uh, it was a team effort. It's throws that he's that he missed. It's it's catches that you know some of the dudes uh, missed. And I get it. It's cold. The ball hurts. It's coming hard. You know, it's it, it, it's a lot. High pressure but, game too. 
but you but y'all play in that atmosphere this is home this is everything you wanted mm-hmm. and you still f- find a way to you know piss down your leg it, it, it was very unfortunate because i to me i thought the bills were the better team they looked like the better team they wanted it more um and it just it it just went left quick went right actually but that too <laughs> but yeah it was uh one of those games for the bills where it felt like it was going to work out well for him, especially you talked about the fumble. You're like, oh, here we go. They get it back. They somehow miraculously get a call overturned, wipe it from the board, clean slate. Here you go. And they just can't get it done. Despite that getting kind of erased, luckily for them, what could have been a nightmare situation for the Chiefs getting another touchdown. Somehow Ooh. you get the ball back, turns into a touchback. Uh, one of the dumbest rules in football, I will say. I'm tired of that. I kind of get it, but when the it's gonna it's gonna change this year. There, there, that that rule is probably gone. It's got to be. I mean, it's one of the dumbest. You go from a touchdown to the other team gets the ball on a touchback. Uh, it's it's just I kind of get it, but it's seems a little too extreme, <laughs> like to, to go from the ball fumbled out and uh, because to me it, to me it makes the game you know interesting. You actually have to have a conscious thought about you know, okay, do I reach? Do I not reach? Mm-hmm. Uh, understandably, you know, if it's do or die, then yeah, that's fine and dandy. Um, I think it makes the game interesting. I don't think it should be taken out uh, because it can swing uh, momentum changes and everything like that. Um, but that rule probably won't exist next year. Yeah, it's I'm okay with the rule, like you said. I just think there's there should be some tweaking. It feels a little too extreme for the team that's on the goal line, especially we seem to happen over and over again where it can really decide so the would entire you rather, game. Would you rather a safety? Would you what would you rather it be? Did they obtain if they, possession? If they fumble the ball out of bounds yeah. and no one retains possession, then that's just a down. And wherever you landed as that ball rolled out of bounds, that's the spot. I think you just play it like any other fumble. If no one gets it, that's that's where the spot is. Okay. And I think that way you don't have to go through all these crazy nuances of crazy momentum switches for a team that most of the time it's not like the defense – Sometimes they make a great play. A lot of times it's silly stuff. The ball just goes out of the end of the bones and the, the defense gets rewarded heavily. Uh, real quick, before we go to break here, the DeMar Hamlin fake punt. Did you like that play call? Tony Romo no. loved it. He called it smart, I think, about five times on national TV, which I couldn't believe. No. I I, I, I get the fake punt. I get taking chances and everything like that. You're telling me you don't have something else that's a better play call in that situation. That's a higher percentage. Like it, I get it. I get being aggressive. I, I I like the aggressiveness and everything like that, but it has to be a better special teams call or play that you didn't see throughout the year to run in that moment that you seen some point in the season. And you'd be like, okay, we're saving this for that. And that's the play it was. Yeah, and it was broken there from has the to start. Be a better one. There, was bro- there has to be a better one. I don't know if they were trying to read where the pressure was coming from, but they threw it. The pressure came from, so it came from the right side, and they threw it to the left. So everyone on the left side was there in their position. If they would have had it flipped on the other side, maybe would have worked out because then all the pressure is out of the way. But I don't know if that was a schematic thing where they broke down and they threw it to the wrong side or maybe it's something they saw and they thought it was going to be really easy. Uh, But it was a disaster from the start. As soon as he got the ball, you could see there's no way in hell he's going to be able to get those five yards. So we're going to wrap it up here on this first segment. We'll probably talk a little more NFL going forward. Also tie in a little bit of Nebraska basketball as well. So don't go anywhere. This is the Don't Punt Hour here with the Marnie Pearsonell streaming in. Harrison on the ones and twos back at the 1040 Ticket Studio. We'll talk to you guys in a little bit.
This is the Don't Punt Hour on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Here is your host, DeMornay Pearson out. All right, welcome back in to the Dumb Punt Hour here on Ticket Weeknights. Harrison Arns back here at the 1040 Ticket Studios. The morning personnel, the host is always streaming in. And again, if you guys ever want to join the show, Sarder Heyman text line, that's 402-464-5685. Streaming on Facebook, YouTube, Twitch, Twitter, and of course, Allo Channel 961. A couple more games before we talk about some of these future games coming up here. Obviously, the Texans did lose to the Ravens. These are the Saturday games, 34-10, to and the Packers fall to the 49ers, 24-21. to The Texans-Ravens, a little bit expected. Uh, it was a good first half for the Texans. Second half, Baltimore, what they can do with the run game. Uh, it's kind of a good luck situation. Packers-49ers, a little more surprised. That one came down to the wire. Purdy was uh, looking a little skeptical at times. He makes a crucial drive at the end there in the pouring rain. What felt like the rain was coming down at its possible worst timing. Um, He puts together a great drive to go ahead and seal it, though. But out of those two games, Packers, 49ers, let's go ahead and start there. Were you surprised at all to see the 49ers only win by three in a game that the Packers did have a chance to punch it in for a touchdown if Jordan Love doesn't throw that last pick? Um, I wasn't surprised that they won by three. Uh, the 49ers are a different are a different team when Debo is not out there. I don't know. I don't know what it is. I don't know if it like I'm not saying the offense flows through him. Uh, but they have a lot more confidence when he's out there, mm-hmm. um, which is surprising when you got guys like Trent Williams, you got uh, McCaffrey still out there and Kittle. Um, I didn't say that they struggled. It, j- it just didn't look the same. Uh, it was out of sync or something like that. Um, that was a good game. Uh, I thought the Packers actually, you know, matched up pretty good with the physicality um, to the 49ers. So I, 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 I thought the 49ers would win, uh, but the, the the Packers did scare me completely. Um, Purdy, he was up and down, up and down. He would be mm-hmm. consistent and then kind of sl- uh, kind of slide back a little bit. Um, they look good. Uh, you know, he kind of, you know, quieted some doubters and some haters and everything like that by stepping up, you know, they were behind, you know, um, I think they said a stat in the game with, you know, being down more than five points or in the, in the fourth quarter, they typically lose, um, you know, they actually overcame that in, in one by three. So, I mean, it was a good performance, uh, by them to pull it out. Yeah. And I, like you said, I think Purdy really needed that game. You know, yeah. he, he's going to be here in this storyline forever until he had one of those games where it's on him to go ahead and lead that team to a victory. He's able For to sure. get it done. And it is curious. You mentioned Debo Samuel. I, I don't think he's going to be available for this next round either. I think they're, they're going to have options here, whether they want to rest him uh, for possible Super Bowl or if they're going to go ahead and put him right back in it because he he's mm-hmm. kind of been a game time decision of what it's at right now. I think they're going. They're going. They're going to give him some medicine. They're going to shoot his shoulder <laughs> up, and he's going to be out there, and he'll deal with, you know, that you'll have three weeks. I think after the divisional round to play in a Super Bowl. So I don't. I, I don't think he'll be out there. Period. Uh, so divisional. You you're in a divisional championship game. Come on now, like. Yeah. Well, I think. Uh, I to me, the way I read that is this is just to keep the Lions on their toes. 
just to keep them a little bit having to double check, have a few more packages ready on defense just in case he is or isn't out there. So I think that's more of what it is. I'm kind of with you. I expect to see him suit up. I, I They'll find a way to get him out there. Too good of a player. And we've seen what that <laughs> offense looks like when he's not out there, as you mentioned. But let's let's talk about the future here. Chiefs, Ravens, Lions, 49ers. Um, I think Lions, 49ers is going to be a better game to start here. Obviously, the 49ers are going to be able to host this one. Lions will be on the road for the first time in this playoff match. They will be playing the 49ers. What are you seeing in this matchup? That's a physical game. That's what exactly what my first mind was. That is a physical game. Um, I think it's going to come down to how well can Purdy play and how well can um, Goff? Jared, Goff, Jared Goff play. Um, to be honest, I, I think the pressure is all on Goff. Do you think it's on Goff? I think so. Ooh, I think it's on Purdy. Uh, no, that's a good point because Goff, the Lions, they are dying. There's, I mean, he's going to change you're, a lot. You're, you're, you're <laughs> an older player. Yeah, you've you've already been to a Super Bowl. You've been through that. You you've you've conquered that and everything like that. Purdy Purdy got knocked out of the game. He wasn't. That was you know his rookie year. He was kind of thrown into that. So, I think you know if if Goff chokes or you know doesn't have you know that type of game to. To push past it, I think, you know, he'll be more criticized than Purdy. Purdy's only year two in the playoff and has so many that have that that has help and everything like that. I, I think the pressure's on golf. Yeah. And it's not close. Uh, I'd say it's a little close. With golf, he's definitely, in terms of the quarterback, in terms of overall team, I, I'm still going to go with the 49ers to have a lot more pressure. I, I think with the Lions team, they're good. I think the quarterback, Goff, probably has a little more on his shoulders, but the 49ers, I mean, we've been hearing the story since week one. With this roster, you could throw anyone at the quarterback position, which I think it's gone away a little bit with Brock Purdy playing as well as he has, but you're still going to hear that conversation over and over and over again until Brock Purdy does something and which is win a Super Bowl. I think that's that's where it starts and ends. Unfortunately for Brock Purdy, he's got very high uh, aspirations he needs to hit just because the storyline is this team. He's only in year two. It's only so much that, you know, you can really put on his shoulders to do and whatnot. Um, as a team, yeah, the pressure's on, I would say, more so the 49ers. But I'm talking about individual individuals. Then definitely on I golf. I, yeah. I think the pressure is more on golf to perform and not choke and not give this game away. Because, uh, I mean, they've been calling a good game. He's been making, you know, the correct the right throws and everything like that. He hasn't been costing, you know, his teams uh, to be in losing situations and everything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, if you don't win this type of game or something like this, then everything that they said about you in L.A. is true. You're not clutch enough. You're too safe of a quarterback. You're not the guy to get them over the hump. All that becomes true. You can't really say that about Brock because he's in year two. Jared Goff has already been has already won a conference championship. He's already, you know, gotten to the Super Bowl. He's mm-hmm. lost in the Super Bowl. So that's why I'm like, you can say that about Brock, but it's only in year two. It's only so much you can say that he's seen that he's experienced. You can't say the same thing for Goff. Goff has experienced way more in his career. Yeah. Well, one thing we can be certain of is this is going to be a physical game. Uh, oh, this sure. this to me is which team is going to dominate in terms of running the ball is going to be the lions or is it going to be McCaffrey? I <laughs> think the lions, they're a little bit more, uh, they got, I think the you're comparing offensive lines 
I'd maybe give the edge to the Lions running back. Skill position-wise, you're probably going 49ers. But physicality-wise, uh, both sides got pretty strong defensive lines. It's going to be a battle. Whoever gets this run game going, to me, is going to be the winner of this game. Whoever decides in that first half who's deciding the time possession, who's got the running the ball well, and who's be able to move the chains methodically, not only through explosive plays, because that's, to me, what throws the 49ers off, is when they can't run the ball methodically. And then you put more pressure on Purdy's shoulders. Who who has which linebacker core it will will perform better? 49ers, the, I think. The line, <laughs> so I think that I think the Niners linebackers can run and cover sideline to sideline. Either one of them, mm-hmm. Greenlaw or uh Warner. Yeah. Either one of them. I think they'll be able to keep up with whatever running back that they have. If it's the quick you know, scat back type, or if it's the downhill running type of guy, I think they'll be able to keep up with the type of offense that they want to do. Now, can the Lions keep up? Can the Lions linebacker core keep up with McCaffrey? I don't know. Yeah, see, this is this is where it comes into play for me. It's like, I'm right there with you. You could have called yesterday's game, or excuse me, go back two days, uh, with the Lions, or the Packers and the 49ers, the Fred Warner game. I mean, he was everywhere for the 49ers. I thought it was going to be an Aaron Jones game early. Fred Warner said, no, it's not happening today. You take your back to the line of scrimmage because we're not playing this. Um, I was really impressed by the 49ers. It looked like it was going to be Aaron Jones all day long. Second half, especially, they really shut that down. And that linebacker core for the 49ers is elite. So I think that's going to be the challenge for the Lions. Um, Or like you said, it's going to be on Goff's shoulders to go ahead and make some really big plays. And that, that linebacker room, they're physical. They're also really good in coverage, too. So it's it's going to be a challenge for the running back or the quarterback. Kind of pick your poison there. Um, we'll, we'll pick favorites when we get closer to Thursday. I don't want to pick these games yet. We might have some news that change things. Chiefs-Ravens, next thing. Obviously, that's Ravens. Sunday, 2 o'clock. Oh, Ravens. Ravens. Is it going to be close? You're, just, you're going to put out Mahomes. No. I'm giving them 10, plus 10. At least 10. Let me see what the Vegas odds are. That's crazy. You're giving them, okay, so plus 10, Ravens. Well, just what gives me the the confidence in the Ravens? I mean, I, I could take a few guesses why. They've been dominating, <laughs> especially towards the end of the season. Postseason play, script's been the same. They continue to dominate. You're talking about offense or defensive side? I, it, which one you want Which one you want to pick first? Let's go with the defense. Clowney <laughs> has been a monster. They're... they're the Baltimore tandem, linebacker tandem, you – I don't know which linebacker core I would take. I don't know if I would take Fred Warner and Greenlaw or I would take Patrick Queen and Raquan Smith. They're identical. They're, and they and they do different things. They play – they're two different styles, but they're both physical. Um, they didn't give a touchdown up at home. I'm pretty sure that that's going to be – the agenda for upcoming with who they're going to face this upcoming week. Um, If you look on the outside and everything like that, who on the chiefs is going to threaten either one, either side, either side uh, of, of the, of the defense. When the Ravens typically have played, you know, Mahomes and them, the Ravens have given, you know, Mahomes trouble. I think it is one game. He had like five touchdowns or whatever. It happens, but Lamar, Lamar and the Ravens have given, they've they've been like the Titans, the Titans and the Ravens, other than maybe the bills have given Mahomes a problem. 
Mahomes doesn't have the same weapons outside. You're not going to have enough time to to create magic and everything like that. You got two heat-seeking missile linebackers. I I don't I don't think he's going to have a chance. I just don't. Yeah, it, it's it's crazy. Uh, I mean, the head coaching too. You can't talk enough about John Harbaugh. I mean, you might have it's crazy. You might have a college football championship and an NFL Super Bowl uh, with the Harbaugh. In the same year. Yeah, the same year. There, if they're there, stars are aligning. It feels like the Kansas City Chiefs offense does not scare me. If I'm Baltimore, y'all had the the offense that y'all that y'all just faced had more weapons on the outside than other than Kelsey. Other than Kelsey. Arguably, I get that, but they're going to make sure he's not the one to beat them. Mm-hmm. So now you're putting it on who else to go out there and win the game for you. You're hoping for some big numbers from Pacheco out of the backfield. <laughs> like you're, you're really, you're really picking your spots. It's to me the reason I agree with you 100. It's just the the Mahomes factor. I'm still going with the Ravens though. Um, real quick here, the odds are Ravens are favored. Early odds, bet MGM odds are negative three and a half. Ravens, Chiefs money line, 145, over under 45. Um, I'm definitely going to take the over on that one if I'm looking at that number. But yeah, looking at this Ravens team, they're just terrifying. Offensively, what scares me the most about them offensively is how smart Lamar Jackson's gotten. At at that position, he gets talked about has, has athleticism. He's not getting enough praise for his football IQ this season in particular. He sees the green space pre-snap every single time. He knows before the ball snapped where that green space is going to open up and I'm going to hurt you there and really put your defense in a pinch or he'll just wait. He won't even take the green space at times knowing I can hurt you later in the game. He has just completely opened up his game to where I feel like he used to use his legs um, when he saw those openings and now he's just so calculated about it and he can just torch defenses he mentally. Has help. He has help. Mm-hmm. In the years past, Lamar has never had the amount of help that he's had this year. He doesn't have to rely and do everything from from his legs. He yeah, but there's you, there's can, definite can, growth. We can't. There's there's uh, yes, he's got oh, help, but, but oh, the growth oh, is sure, significant. IQ play is crazy with him. Outside of last year, you can't name me probably other than last year. You can't name me two receivers that he's had from 2020 to now. Other than last year, you can't name two. Thank you. Yeah, you so got it. he has helped to where he doesn't just have to do it himself. You want to take away the the passes and everything like that? You're you know a number one defense, or you know you're a top five defense. You have a lockdown corner, which uh, I think the Baltimore Ravens receiver room are are going to go off. I think they're going to take it as a challenge. Uh, me personally, knowing one of the coaches that is in their receiver room that coached me in college, I already know how he's going to have them mentally preparing all the whole game. And, you know, OK, we're going up against these guys who hasn't given up a touchdown and everything like that. They're going to make it physical. Mm-hmm. They're going to run up and hit, you know, Sneed in the mouth and everything like that. And it doesn't matter who he's guarding. Everybody's going to want to get to do something on him just to prove that he's not what they say he is. Um, and if you want to take away the, the passing stuff, which I don't think they will, you might slow it down. Lamar can still beat you with his legs. Mm-hmm. So which more, which one are you afraid of? Are you afraid of him running and beating you? Or are you afraid of him throwing and beating you? You're not going to be able to stop both. One, one of them is going to go off in the game. So it just matters on you picking your podium of which one you want to take away. Yep. And if you successfully get that done, we talked about it, that defense 
arguably the best defense in the NFL this year. They have been dominant. Like if, 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 if it's not the Ravens, I don't know who it is. They have been just borderline dominant all season long. And that's the thing about this team. There has been no ebb and flow. It's been pretty much constant with them. And I think that's what makes them scary. The Cowboys were kind of one of those teams, but they get to the playoffs and they cowboy it up as they always do. The Ravens, they've been consistent though. The postseason play has looked exactly like the regular season play. So I'm also going to go with the Ravens. We'll throw out the break here. Talk a little bit of Nebraska hoops just for a little bit before we get out of here and switch it over to speed and power. Don't punt hour with the morning personnel. Don't go anywhere. This is the Don't Punt Hour on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Here is your host, DeMorne Pearson. All right, welcome back in to the Don't Punt Hour here on Ticket Weeknights. Harrison Arns on the ones and twos back here at the studio. DeMorne Pearson, the host as always, streaming in. Uh, and again, we talked some NFL playoffs, some surprises there. We, I think, both pretty much agreed that the Ravens, by far and away, look like the best teams throughout this so far. And I think we kind of both expect them to pull away with the Super Bowl, but they got to get through the Chiefs first. With that being said, though, we'll go ahead and switch it over to Nebraska basketball. They were able to get the win over Northwestern, uh, the only other Big Ten team to beat Purdue thus far. So good, good win there because you see Northwestern, they get that quad one win. You want to be able to beat them. So Northwestern now sit at 13 and five. Cornhuskers, 14 and five. They win that one, 75 to 69. Uh, and of course, Casey Tominaga with a dagger at the end. Gotta love it at the vault. It, it's kind of been that season for the Big Ten. If you're at home, good luck trying to beat anyone. As we saw with Iowa, trying to come into that place, we shoot 15% from three. Hell of a turnaround to go shoot 53% from three against Northwestern. But overall thoughts, I thought, you know, as far as the players go, Josiah Alec, really big game from him, arguably his best. And then Casey Tominaga, just a dagger at the end. And Rink Mast. Just once again, a constant force throughout the game. You know, they're they're hitting their strides. Um, you know, once the tournament starts, you're it's gonna be a road game. So continue to know to to play better on the road to get that preparation uh, ready and everything like that. But you know, I think they're starting to find out, you know, what their identity is and you know what each individual, what person brings to the table and uh starting to harp on that so i mean they're doing they're they're doing really good yeah and you mentioned something about you got to figure out a way to win those road games because when you get to the tournament obviously nothing's home and i don't know is that maybe that's the big 10 problem when it comes to the tournament is none of these teams ever seem to do well on the road this year we'll just quick go through some of these teams wisconsin they're 10 and 1 at home 2 and 3 on the road purdue 9 and 0 at home Three and two on the road. Illinois, 10 and two at home, 500 on the road, two and two. Northwestern, nine and one at home, two and three on the road. Nebraska, 12 and one at home, one and four on the road. Michigan State, one and three on the road. Indiana, one and three on the road. Ohio State, 0 and three. Minnesota, one and three. Iowa, one and four. Maryland, two and four. Penn State, 0 and four. Rutgers, one and five. Michigan with the best away record, tied with Wisconsin, with this outstanding two and three on the road. None of these Big Ten teams can win on the road. It is it's bizarre. I'll say that much. That, that that it's funny that you say that. That might be the problem. But regardless, even you know the Big Ten tournament, even if you get a ticket, your ticket punched to the dance. Mm-hmm. You're still going to be on the road, so you better get you know more comfortable with it. Bring the juice. Do whatever you got to do to you know to okay start putting those games together. Because when once you know crunch time starts to come and everything like that. 
you want to have all those things ironed out and have, you know, your best foot forward. And you, you, you can't afford to, oh, just because you're not at home to not play well. Well, you're not going to be at home for the rest of the year. So it's all good. Well, you're going to be at home for the rest of the year. So it's all good. Mm-hmm. So they, they, they got to get that figured out. But that that's terrible. But as a as a conference, that's terrible. Yeah, it it's just this year's a little extreme, too. I don't want to say this has been the problem, but this year in particular, I've noticed it is bizarre to see what we believe to be one of the best Nebraska basketball teams on recent memory. You can probably even go back 20 years if you really want to, to be 14 and five, but to be one and four on the road. Uh, and then again, you're looking at Purdue. Well, these guys are going to have it figured out. No, they're just above 500 on the road. It, it makes um, not a whole lot of sense. I mean, it's obvious you're going to do better at home, but to this significant level to where there is no drop off until you get to a team that's actually just under 500 in Michigan at the very bottom, 7-11 overall. And of course, they're the one with two and three on the road. But it's it's a weird thing. It's something to watch with the Big Ten. Uh, for as many of these teams we get excited about, definitely want to make sure that when we're we're watching Nebraska on the road, how do they respond? Because when we get to the tournament play, as you said, you have to make your shots. You can't go to Iowa, shoot 15% from three like you never shot threes before. It, again, that's a fluke game. They're not going to shoot that bad always, uh, but definitely some eye-catching numbers. They're going to have Ohio State in the next one, so definitely tune in for that one. That one is tomorrow at 6 o'clock, and it's a home game as well. But that's going to go ahead and wrap it up for the Dump Punt Hour. Uh, But be sure to stay plugged into the streams because we'll have speed and power up next, so be sure to stay plugged in for that one. But we'll wrap it up here. Demarney Pearsonell, thank you as always for streaming in. I'm Harrison, back here at the studio. We'll talk to you tomorrow.